I'm Pace Freed, the host of the X Factor Roping Podcast, as well as the creator of XFactorRoping.com. And I just want to thank you for you guys supporting, listening to this podcast, supporting X Factor Roping and following us on social media. You know, X Factor Roping is something that we've worked so hard on. I believe it is the best website out there to improve your roping. And it would mean so much to me if you would sign up and show your support and become part of the X Factor Roping family. Thank you for listening. All right, so welcome back to the X Factor Roping Podcast. I'm here with Ro Torres, and uh, we kind of got a, a little different deal today with Ro. Um, we're pretty excited about it. Uh, you know, we're pretty involved with this roping um, that my parents put on in Southeast Idaho, and we decided to do, we did the Most Improved Roper of the Year Award uh, with Smith Chevrolet, and as well as X Factor Roping. And, and you know, Ro, I've, I've got to be around you the last few years and kind of get to know you and you just kind of, you hear stories about Ro's work ethic and, and just kind of going about it. And you had a really good summer this year roping. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that there's a lot of challenges in the summer with some horses and things like that. And, and to just kind of see your wins and just basically how you act like a winner at all times, you know, there's, there's lots of losing and roping and as well as winning. So to do that, we were just really excited to, to have you be part of that. And just thank you for being here today, Ro. Thank you. Thank you, Pace. It's good to be here. I appreciate it very much. Well, Ro, it's kind of, I'm going to get everyone started off with this. So Ro, you know, he, he lives right here, Southeast Idaho. You grew up here in Pocatello, right? Yes, sir. And then Ro's kind of, he's got some unique challenges as far as missing part of his left arm and so yes. and Roe heals and not only he doesn't even tie on he dallies mm-hmm. healing so there's a huge amount of just a challenge in that and just setting it up as well as like the horsemanship aspects and and you know I, I hear lots of stories like uh, I've got a good friend that trains horses over there for uh, Rainer in in American Falls and mm-hmm. they talked to me about you coming over there and trying horses and how well you rode them and and just how much feel and how well your horses do have to work to to be able to do it so there's i mean there's a ton of work in it that you have to do so it's just it's just awesome to watch and and it's really cool to to see you be successful so road to kind of start it out i tell me just a little bit about yourself you know when did you start getting into roping and and just getting into the western industry okay um i first i've pretty much loved horses my whole life like i think my uncle put me on one when i was four years old and that kind of started the whole deal, you know. I kind of rode them off and on through, you know, elementary school, high school. Uh, when I was about 17, I just kind of saved up, bought my own horse, and uh, stuck it in a pasture, and would just ride him around. Just bought a colt and kind of run him around and rode him around, and got a trailer and a truck, and got into the. I was into the, you know, ranch roping and stuff like that for a long time, and a little bit of reining cow horse training. So I kind of tried to hang out with as many people as I could you know, that did that and were successful at it, just to kind of learn as much as I can. And it just kind of, you know, I never really did show a lot of reigning cow horse. I'd just kind of buy uh, whatever horses I could could afford and, and kind of go on with them. And uh, I think I was probably been about five, six years ago, I wanted to get into team roping. So I ended up uh, going with like a Hot Heels. I just bought a Hot Heels so I could do it safely and just kind of learn and teach my horse at the same time. And I mean, the key for that was to have people like you and the people that know how to do it that, that would be patient enough to help me along and bring me along. And then I'd, you know, get some advice and, and then kind of go to it for a while and run into problems. And then I'd, I'd call people and just try to figure it out and, and get better at it. Right. And, and you're doing all this. Uh, <clears throat> you, you work a full time job. I've heard that. Uh, bricklayer also work out you know back in the day and then yeah and <laughs> did a lot of construction stucco laid rock bricklayer a lot of a lot of stuff like that so for a long time 
Right. And, and so to balance that all out and then to try to put good horses together, you know, that, that it takes a lot of discipline to just to be able to save. And, I mean, because roping is such an expensive sport or owning horses in general. I think if you look in the dictionary, is it what yeah. the definition of expensive is? It I'm definitely sure it's a horse. is, for sure. Uh, so, you know, having that discipline to kind of, to be able to save up and put things together, it takes, I mean, it does, it, it takes a hard work ethic all the time, you know, for what you're mm -hmm. doing with your, your job and then, you know, for your passions as well too, to kind of, to feel that. So that's, you know, that's pretty fun. I, I know that you got this, uh, oh, the, your good heel horse. Mm -hmm. How did you come about him and did you train that horse yourself? I actually, yeah, I, I, I trained him as a real horse. I got him from uh, like a, a cutting horse guy down in utah by the name of jay kareem i got him i think he was late three coming four and um you know he, he was pretty well started prospect as far as he rode around good and stuff like that it just hadn't really been you know started in roping or any other disciplines um and then i just kind of got him and you know i sort cows and just kind of ranch rope on him for a while and and then that's that's the horse that i actually kind of learned to heal on which but you know thinking back on it now it would have been easier and smarter to probably buy just a finished you know or a well-started heel horse that could show me how to do it because we kind of had to learn together and i was pretty lucky to have people that you know had the experience to kind of be able to talk me through it and and teach me you know how right. to train one i think it's a really it's a really hard situation to be green roping and then be on a green horse and really the only ways to to have a chance at being successful is to be around people that can kind of help you along as well as be a pretty good horseman and have a good foundation of what you know how a horse will work and kind of the mechanics of how they should be broke too so i'm sure that helped you along with like kind of that cutting reining type of background a little just bit. to kind of make sure they're broke so they're going to be a little more forgiving or they have the foundation to go back to when you run into a problem is probably the biggest thing that helped me right you know because you run into problems that you just don't have the experience to fix and you have to have guys that know how to do it explain it or show it to you so and, uh, you know, we were talking just downstairs a minute ago, and we were talking about roping and, and winning and losing and the, the yeah. mentality of it. And, you know, there's so much losing involved with roping. And that's the one thing, we, you know, I get to see with you that's really cool that, that really brings it out is it doesn't matter whether you win or lose. Mm -hmm. Your mentality is, you know, you're, you're a real gracious winner, but you're even more gracious when you're losing. You're not throwing a fit, and it's just you're kind of enjoying it. How is that kind of how have you got that foundation of being able to to have that mentality when you're roping i mean for me a lot of it is is i enjoy it i love roping you know i love riding horses and i love to do as much as i can and if win or lose it's something that i enjoy and don't get me wrong when you show up at the roping you want to do your best and and you want to you want to win but like you said for roping a lot of the times you don't win it's, it's when you have the chance to win and you can keep the right attitude or, you know, the focus to, to do what you need to do to win, you know, and it keeps you kind of in a, in a good frame of mind the whole time. If you take the good with the bad or learn from the bad, how come, how come you didn't do well at this rope and, you know, was your horse working bad or your heel loop was wrong or, you know, there's always a reason why you're not performing as well as you should. Right. And. Um, you know, I, I think that's so important is being able to self-evaluate and, and just kind of focusing on what you need to do and, and to kind of keep kind of that process uh, 
being process oriented. I, I really yes. like that. And keep growing, I guess, you know, keep growing and getting better and, and, and trying to get people to help you to get better. Well, and there's so many challenges in roping. I mean, it's just like being on green horses or just like this summer, your, your good horse abscessed. And so you mm -hmm. were kind of forced to get on a, a greener horse yourself that you had kind of a prospect coming up and, yes. and start competing on him. And, uh, and you know, you had a great summer on that horse and some really big wins. Kind of Take me through that, that trailer rope, and I, I kind of want to hear about it. Man, I, yeah, I just, you know, like I said, that horse, I, I had my good horse abscess, and he was pretty much out for two months. And all I had was a five-year-old green started heel horse. But if a guy wants to go rope and that's what he has, you kind of go with what you have. And I got really lucky on that horse just because he, he just kind of liked it and took to it, and he kept getting better. And... And the timing worked out really good where he was starting to get pretty good about that trailer roping. And, and honestly, I'd really hadn't roped that good before and um, had some really good luck that day and had my horse help me out a lot. And I think it just kind of came together right at the right time, you know, where he kind of started to pick it up and enjoy it and, and help me out, you know, instead of having to show him he was just doing his job. Well, and just from like my perspective and, you know, I, I was kind of flagging some of the ropings earlier and you could kind of, you could see like a few weeks prior to it, he would still be in it. And it kind of is probably a little bit to do too, you know, where you've kind of got, it's hard to ride with your left arm. How, yeah. You know, it's, and, and it's kind it's of. It's a little bit of a disadvantage because <laughs> they got to do their job because I can't. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I can't do it all for them. Like, you know, like you could get on a green horse, you'd probably get by him better than, than I would because I got to have him work really good, you know, to kind of help me out. Right. And you really got to, you know, that means you got to play to, you know, your horse, you got to help him out with your feet and other areas. And then there's just going to be times where it's just a bad day, you know, like yeah. that horse would be in green. He might have got to step by on a few sometimes. And, yep. and then, you know, you never seen yourself get after him. You just kind of went with it. And, uh, and he, he just kept progressing and getting better and better. And, and then all of a sudden, one day and, and you know Ro didn't really talk about it but he was able to and he won the high point trailer that day and it was like won it going away it was pretty clear you know that you wanted it it was so it was pretty fun to see because even a week or two before that horse was still pretty dang green and then yeah. all of a sudden that day it was just bam it was on and just kind of clicked and worked and he you know i i was as surprised as anybody i really couldn't believe it i'd never had something like that happen to me and I sure appreciate it and, you know, thank yeah. God for it because he had to. I couldn't have caught that many in the row without him, you know. God's good. He is. Uh, so, Ro, kind of going to having one arm and and mm -hmm. was this something you were born with or was it an accident? or? No, I, I've had it my whole life. It's kind of, you know, just something I was born with and have always dealt with and it's pretty much, I guess it's normal to me. Every, you know, people might look at it and see it. It might be, you know, they might say it might be as a disadvantage, but for me, it's just how God made me. And, and I've always just had to find different ways to be able to do, you know, something that might take two arms, come up with, you know, my own way that'll work for me. And I think it's not, it is the challenge, but it's part of the fun, I guess, to be able to do it because you found, you know, a certain way around, you know. Well, and yeah, you find your own way. Yes. And, and so... And most people would see that as a huge disadvantage where, mm -hmm. you know, you probably look at it like it's a huge advantage because of what it's instilled in you. You know, the, the things that you've done with your life and your belief system and your mentality. And it, it's cool because the more you know, I'm around you, you know, like I said, it's you're getting better all the time. Thank and then you. On, and on top of it, 
your work ethic is really impressive. You know, I, it's not just, I hear stories of you roping the hot heels or I think it was a smarty or something. It was yeah, Tyler. I got a smarty now. Up, upgraded yeah. to the smarty. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's yes, sir. I'm a smarty guy now too. <laughs> yep. They but, are pretty nice. They sure help you out a lot. But I mean, I remember this, uh, this guy that ropes over here, he's telling me, he's like, man, this row, he was just wearing me out on this smarty. And he says, you watch him rope it and it's just perfect. And these horses are getting these big stops and it's clean. And, and, you know, and that's, it's probably why you know you've had to do things so correct and it's it's kind of gave you a, a great foundation for that so i i love to to kind of hear that and, and you know kind of see it with that, that just mentality. just do it so much that that's all you know and you know and then even it's kind of funny because you can rope that sled you know 100 100 times every time and i mean everything's correct but that's what i love about team roping you might have 10 steers or a thousand steers and there's two of them with the same same handle or same you know situation coming in yeah and you're always practicing to to be able to react and, and be real and forgiving and that's that's been pretty dang cool so um i'm kind of curious like you know you, you dally healing mm-hmm. and what was your mentality towards that on on dallying because i'm sure you if you wanted to you could have tied, tied off. on yeah you know for me like and i actually bought like i think it was called a slider or something to tie on with right i never used it i think i i you know had somebody else that ties on and kind of swung their rope a little bit and the field doesn't it doesn't feel the same to me you know it just doesn't feel like there's there's as much feel in the rope and everything's just too tight and I just, you know, like I towards I ran, roped a lot. You know, we used to rope with like a 45-foot rope, and it's just nice to be able to throw a couple coils loose and not have your horse take such a big hit. And it's easier on the horse, I think, for me, you know, and then you can let it go if you get in a wreck, it seems like a lot easier. Right. And uh, so you've – did you build the kind of your coil holder and rain holder? Or oh, my, my cast? Yeah. No, actually just like all it is is a carpal tunnel cast. Okay. And then I slide it over my left arm – and then uh, it's got like two bands that I cut when I buy it. They're, they're like 20 bucks, you can buy them at Smith's. And usually if you go to roping, the, you know, they'll wear out and burn out here after the roping, you just tape them up and then use them in the practice pin. But it's just basically a $20 carpal tunnel cast that slides over my arm and it gives me a thumb. And then I just stick like a leather glove over it before I put the cast on it. Right. Just so it doesn't burn my arm. And I mean, it, it's worked really good. And it, and it kind of, it's set up to where it's almost got like, uh, just different fingers for the each of the coils so they can slide out well or is that no no I actually just like I just stack my stack my coils so it's basically I put my reins in in between my arm and the carpal tunnel cast and then so on my heel rope I'll just stack the outside coil bigger than the inside and then you know so bigger smaller smaller so anytime you feed it then it'll just feed the smaller coils out first right and they don't get intertangled. I always make sure they're stacked in order so they're all going to feed out in order. And then usually if something, it, you know, and it hasn't happened very often, but if say there's a coil that slides over the back coil and kind of ties it up, I can just open my arm up and it'll slide the whole thing out and right. kind of clear Dude, everything. Were you doing that with a 40-foot rope too? Yeah, I, I usually like, use like a 45. Yeah, I can be my buddy's ranch rope a little bit, just kind of, you know, messing around. And, and it's, yeah, we just kind of, yeah, it's kind of. You know, the big loop deal is kind of fun to play with once in a while, too. But, Well, you know, a funny story. Back in the day when I was pretty young, I was like, I got uh, a mule hide saddle, kind of one uh-huh. of the A-forks, and yeah. I had a 45-foot rope, and we were doing a lot of – we were doctoring a lot of yearlings out on the desert in, uh, in uh-huh. Arizona. Oh, man. And so I was starting to use it a lot. And, dude, I'm telling you what, 
you've got to be pretty dang handy to have a ton of coils, the reins, everything. I I did not. I was not very successful for a very long time. There was I would have coils falling over coils, and it was yeah. It gets, I, I'd have some wrecks. All right. Oh man, <laughs> you and me both. You know, that's part of learning. I think part of the fun too, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's kind of the coolest part about that is, you know, you, you learn how you learn a lot of control. The more coils you have, yep. and and the slicker the horn and things like that. Yep. You you know you've got to have a lot of feel with your horse when you're putting it on the horn and things like that so yeah that's kind of what it is too it's all feel you can't you know look down or anything like that you just kind of feel it coming out and make sure you don't hold your, to- your rope tight it's kind of the biggest thing on it right you know isn't that where people get into trouble is they'll try to hold their rope tight as they go to the horn and i think so sucks it in there yeah you kind of got to be able to feel those coils and then let them pop out one at a time mm-hmm. and uh, at least i think yeah you know, if you're no. kind of and if you kind of get too loose or too tight with them it'll jerk a few out or you know kind of suck down over your hand or you yep. know then it gets it gets pretty it can get messy pretty oh quickly. man uh so you know uh, I mean, obviously, you've got really good horses and have learned what a what a good horse is. So kind of tell me about like how you like to put your your heel horses together and kind of what you know what you've learned uh, mm-hmm. and what you look for in these horses. You know, I kind of usually I like them about fifteen, fifteen one, short backed and kind of catty. But like a lot of times, like I'll just go through like reigning cow horse. Like how I really got into the reigning cow horse deal is I I don't know if you heard of Les Vote. He's like a cow horse trainer and he comes out with a, it's called Cow Horse You. Right. It's just a video program he sends you and I ordered it one day, you know, and just kind of gone by that, you know. Once you get them as broke as he has them in that video, then for me, then, then they're kind of ready to go go rope on when you have good body control and they're, they're broke where they'll kind of stop on a light hand and, you know, sidestep or back up in a circle and, and, and that's just, and I don't know, it's just kind of something that I, I like them to feel that broke for me just because they're easier to move around when you're roping and stuff, you know. But I just kind of put them through that program where you kind of get them real broke in the bridle and get them where they move off your legs, spin, slide, and and track a cow around a little bit. And then it makes it, you know, pretty easy when you go to the sled. They're already broke enough. You can just kind of show them where to go and where to be, you know. Right. Well, take me through kind of a typical day. You know, I, I know that you're working. Uh, uh, kind of take me through that and how you try to – you know, how much work do you got to do before you can actually get to riding them? And how many yeah. times a week you kind of like to, to ride and train on your horse a little bit? Like, I'd like to ride on them about every day, uh, you know, every day if I could. But I work over at Simplot, and we're pretty lucky with our schedule. We'll work swings, so we only end up working, like, 14 days a month, which is really nice because I'll get, like, uh, after my four nights, I'll get, like, eight days where I can just ride and train. But um, usually when I work, because we work 12 hours, I, I really – you know, and it's kind of an industrial facility. I really don't like to do anything other than just go to work and go home, have dinner, and get up, you know, and do it again. Right. It's because you don't want to go to those places and, you know, jeopardize your safety or somebody else's because you went home and rope for six hours after work. But so on my on my days off, like I'd usually, if I got, you know, if I have a couple colts, like I have a couple now, I'll, I'll go up, feed, and get them saddled and kind of let them sit there, you know, until about 9, 10 o'clock, go over there and kind of ride them first and, I'll just kind of lope circles, and if I got cows, I'll track cows around, and if I don't, I'll, I'll just kind of do a lot of dry work and just kind of try to get them broken in the body, and, and you know, it kind of depends. Like, if you have a horse, and, and this horse really wants to move out and he doesn't want to stop for you, I'll probably, you know, just make him work a lot until he's really appreciating, you know, to be, to stop. 
And it just depends on what the horse needs that day for colts, you know. Right. Like for for my other horses, usually I just kind of long trot them or get them legged up, and then I, I don't really rope on them too much, you know. If they're working really good, I, I like to kind of make it easy for them, you know. Might maybe five, ten steers, and if they're working really good, and I'll put them away. And then the colts, I kind of tend to do the same thing, like to get their position on on that sled. A lot of times when they're green and I'm trying to get a handle on them, I'll just lope circles around the sled and and do a bunch of dry work and then you know when i'm ready to kind of be done and, and park them for the day i'll i'll pull my rope out start swinging and it can be at a walk or a trot and i'll walk right up to the position where i want them on the sled and, and then i'll just get them to stop there and let them relax hang out and i usually cock their foot or something and i'll just sit there on top of them and just practice my healing just throw you know 10 20 loops and get right. off and cinch them and kind of leave them alone just being consistent with your rides and, and just asking them for what they're kind of willing to give. And yeah. that's, a, that's a pretty, pretty good. Uh, I mean, you hear that from a lot of their high end trainers. That's, that's kind of how they like them. And they kind of, then they're kind of craving it every day. And, and then especially, you know, knowing your horse and having that foundation, like, yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive to hear. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And you, yeah, I mean, you have all your horses are super nice. So that means a lot, you know, coming yeah, from you. I mean, it's, I, like I said, they, that one, I remember watching that the your your good heel horse when I when I first got down here it was probably three or four years ago. Uh -huh. uh, was it Brock? I think that it kind of got us all hooked up. And man, I was like, that sucker is good. He's built. I mean, this is he about fifteen, fifteen one, pretty yeah. thick. He's looks right like, there, good. You know, pretty good and soggy. And yeah, it looks like he can just run, and he's just he's just really cool horse. So thank you. Well, Ro, I appreciate you doing this. Um, Man, I, like I said, great job this summer. You know, I watched you win a, a couple, a few saddles. Was it two this I think, summer? I think a couple saddles. A few yeah. saddles this summer. Yep. Won a lucky. trailer. Uh, and won the trailer on the, on kind of a green horse, you know. And, and to do that and just to, and how you went about it. And, man, it's it's been fun to watch. So congratulations and keep up the good work. Thank really you. Thank it. you. I Thanks. appreciate that. Thank you.